Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast, a podcast about the emerging research into the root causes of brain-related symptoms and how particular root causes can be addressed and treated in a clinical setting. My name is Courtney Snyder. I'm a physician and holistic child and adult psychiatrist. In this podcast, I don't provide treatment recommendations, but rather education. Today, I'm very happy to have my friend and colleague, Marianne Tierney. We will be having a conversation about the many benefits to our health and well-being of taking one day or even a few hours or even one hour to disconnect from technology. We'll also discuss practical ways to build this practice and to engage children and teens. Marianne is an RN, a registered nurse, and has a master's in public health. She is the executive director of Safe Tech North Carolina, a nonprofit sharing why and how to use technology safely. She is certified as an electromagnetic radiation specialist with the Building Biology Institute and provides EMF coaching, assessments, and mitigation through her Western North Carolina company, Blue Ridge EMF Solutions, where she also provides consultations remotely. We decided to have this conversation in anticipation of the Global Day of Unplugging, which is this weekend. I'm just thrilled to be invited to join you today. I think it would be really nice if we talked first about how we know each other, because in some regards, it certainly connects with what we're talking about today. In other regards, not not so much. So I don't know if you remember my reaching out to you, which I was thinking about must be two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And your name had come across one of the professional listservs that I'm on about someone that was an expert in EMF. And so I thought, well, I need to be looking into that anyway, just to be more knowledgeable. So I reached out and you helped me evaluate my home. And lo and behold, I had massive EMF exposure that you helped me identify. And then through learning from you, I realized how much EMF had been impacting my own health in ways that I never could have imagined. So I'm forever grateful to you for that, <laughs> as as well as your ongoing support around EMF issues and your friendship. Courtney, and I, and I have to say how much I appreciate with you, you know, you are one of the only people that I know, the only healthcare practitioners who has such a deep, deep understanding of the need to look at root causes of, of illness, as well as the mood issues. And you have helped so many of my clients that are sensitive to electromagnetic fields. And, and this just felt like a normal, just like a natural way for us to, to chat today, because this topic that we're going to be talking about is really kind of an intersection of health and technology and 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 particularly mental health. I wanted to point out what you do also can be very technical and there's a, there can be certainly a number of details when you're helping someone evaluate and address EMF exposures. And at the same time, you think very holistically 
I think that's another area where you and I really align is it it can't just be about those practical details. It really has to be balanced with many of the things that we'll talk about today in this conversation. Right. And, and, you know, one of those things I think that both of us have had in common in terms of our practice is this real deep understanding of the need to change the limbic system of the brain, which really calms down our reactivity to all kinds of environmental illnesses and emotional stressors. And so I think that's part of what brings me here today. I was listening to one of your your recent podcast. I think it was the one on managing acute stress. And you quoted someone, and I don't know who it was, and you said, to the mind that is still, the whole universe surrenders. Who was that, Courtney? Do you remember? I think it might be Lao Tzu. Yes. And, you know, that particular quote has been a a reminder for me about the importance of meditation or taking a time in my day to pause. And I think of this topic that we're going to talk about today in very much that way of sort of taking a pause during the week. You reached out suggesting that we talk about this topic of the amazing benefits of taking a day off from technology, with this Saturday being the global day of unplugging, which we'll return to. And I will tell you, I'm in a place right now in my own life that I'm needing this inspiration. This is a practice that I've had in my life in the past and in recent months. I have not been have not been sticking with it and I'm feeling the effects of that. So again, your timing is is beautiful, even for me personally. Oh, good. You know, I I have to admit to you that while you practiced Sabbath for years, I was resistant to the idea of just Sabbath in general, just like putting the tech aside, but just like I've had, you know, I was raised in a, in a Christian, first a Catholic and, and more broadly a Christian background in terms of my, my spiritual practices and I always, even though we we took Sundays as a quote unquote family day, it didn't really look like a day of rest necessarily, but I had, you know, ministers in my life that I really, I, I so honored their wisdom, but I just constantly resisted the idea of a Sabbath. Even when I was 30 years old and single without a child, I resisted it. Like, what was going on? Like, I was too busy with my volunteer work and my management job or whatever it was. Like, I I just resisted it. And then, you know, numerous things started coming at me, including a dear friend who is a fervent practice practicer of Shabbat and and recently, no, it was several months ago, she was telling me about all hell breaking loose at home. And she said to me, but Mary Ann, I feel so grateful in my life because I have Shabbat. And I thought to myself, right. okay, I'm really missing something. <laughs> I'm really missing something. And, like, and I want some was, of that. I want some of that. And that was A couple of months after I listened to a podcast from Krista Tippett, National Public Radio's On Being, she she teaches she she has conversations with inspiring people all over the world, and she she interviewed Tiffany Schlein, who who wrote 
about a tech Sabbath in, a, in this book called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. And I was so moved that I finally I had to buy the book. And I have to tell you that for someone who has been so resistant to Sabbath, it spoke so loudly to me. And I, I'm just going to read you just a little phrase, just a few words from Tiffany Schlein's book, because a few lines, because these were some of the highlights for me. She said, taking a tech Sabbath can be an epiphany on how to fill the day with the best part of life, a mm-hmm. radical act of protection against the always on, always available world. It helps us reclaim our attention, time, and perspective, exploring what tech amplifies for us and what it amputates. Tech Shabbat is a force field of protection that gives us the strength, resilience, perspective, and energy for the other six days. There's so much in that. And and I think it's worth mentioning that though Sabbath and Shabbat come out of religious traditions, this is not something that even as, as she's discussing that is religiously bound or needs to be religious or even spiritual for that matter. She admits that she was raised as a cultural Jew. I mean, she didn't have any religious practices in her home. And in fact, she's an internet pioneer. She was attached to technology all the time. She's a she's an award-winning filmmaker. But when she had her first child, she realized that she was constantly attached to her devices. The other sort of overlay is also how things have changed so much over the years. So even when you and I think about how we were raised, and I was also raised Catholic, and separate from religion, there was sort of a a pace of the week that there was time off on the weekends and downtime. And then over the years, that's been degraded. The time of just resting or connecting or creating has been degraded by technology. It just makes me think how this has sort of snuck up on us. So even though this comes out of a ancient tradition, it's needed now more than it ever has. Absolutely. You read her book, and then how did you start? What did that look like for you? So I I have a family. I have an 11-year-old and a husband who's a teacher, and I I work from home. I have my own business, and so I have more control over my schedule than some people. So what I decided to do was just to leave the office on Saturday afternoons. I sometimes work Saturday mornings. I just don't go into the office physically at all on Sundays. You know, people can pick any day they want for their Shabbat. But for me, it was Sunday, Saturday afternoon to Monday morning or Sunday night at least. And I I really, I just started kind of small on Sunday mornings with a longer time 
instead of going up to the office to check, you know, on emails, I just sat longer because I, I love to wake up early. I sat longer and journaled and did more yoga than usual and more meditation and mm-hmm. read just I just read from some of the books that I really want to read just it just feels so luxurious to just have that time and that's the way it started and then I realized that I needed more than just not doing paid work because I was still doing housework and I was still asking my family to try to do house projects and chores Sundays so we could catch up because we have a son who's very active in sports. And so, you know, there's a lot of busyness and Saturdays aren't always good for cleaning the house. And my Mm -hmm. 11 year old was pointing out, mom, like you're telling us to take a Sabbath, like we're taking a Sabbath, but it's really just, you're not going up to your office, but we're still working. And I when a child, you know, can point out the obvious. So it has been an evolution in our home, but I I have cut out the chores on Sundays and the housework. Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks ago I I cooked a meal that was like too big of a cleanup job. It was like, you know, roasted chicken and vegetables and all kinds of stuff. And then my son picked a complicated dessert and like we were (laughs) cooking and cleaning up the dinner for too much of the day. And, and so I went back to Tiffany Schlein's idea of like, you know, and my Orthodox Jewish friends ideas of like, we, you know, we cook the day before. Right. It requires planning. Definitely. Yes. We're doing more planning. And so we're planning better with meals. Tiffany suggests, you know, because so many people are dependent on their device for directions and looking up menus or, you know, different things about where they want to go for the day to really... Let me, Marianne, I'm going to interrupt you one second. Yeah. Because I want to get to the suggestions, but I wanted to just dig a little bit more on a couple things. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. You know, one is when you talk about working from home, it makes me appreciate how many people with COVID and then a lot of transition to more people working from home and how that too has made it harder to have a distinction between the work week and the and the weekend. And you know, your experience starting with technology, I would say mine's been a little bit reversed like my experience with what I would call Shabbat was taking time away from from work and and that didn't at least for me necessarily always mean taking time away from technology and so both our work and technology put us in a you know in a reactive state where we're we're sort of being pulled rather than being present but I think it's not until you step out of it do you then feel feel that as much. When it, when it's all the time and it's so ubiquitous, we don't we don't know the difference, I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you named that. And so you know, for me, I, I'm sensitive to wireless radiation and so I really minimize my time on on a smartphone, but it is the 
being willing to take a break from the phone with the always on and and it's you know it's a real thing the fear of missing out i mean it's now recognized as right as a condition of fear of missing out it causes anxiety and and all kinds of things and so one of the i i think that is is truly something that that can often require gradual cutting down just like if we were to be quitting drinking alcohol in excessive amounts or you know smoking cigarettes you know we're always it's always important for us to just begin by cutting down. And so, you know, the tech Sabbath can really begin by just saying, okay, if it's just going to be one or two hours on one day a week, that just putting the phone away, turning it all the way off can really be helpful. And, and then I, I know that some people feel like, well, wow, like that is just too hard because I have you know, an elderly parent or I have a child who's out and about and I need to know if there's an emergency, right? So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be a real, that can really stand in the way of, of folks being able to consider this. And what Tiffany suggests is to have a landline. And I, I've had a landline my whole life. And, and for many people, it's really not a, they don't feel it's affordable, but one of the solutions that I think, you know, has always has helped with many people is just having a really inexpensive voice over internet protocol phone or VoIP phone. Right. And I'm not a, I'm not, I don't promote any specific products, but I have to say that there is a company called UMA, O-O-M-A, and their Tello, which is a like telephone. It's a hundred bucks for this Right, that's device. what I have as well. Got it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can tell, you, yeah, you can talk about that. Like it plugs right back into the back of the, the modem, right? Right. And it's lower EMF. And as you said, you don't have to have a, a cell phone on at all times. And so, you know, if there's an emergency, you know, if you have a, a child or a, an aged parent or whatever, any family member that or anybody that is relying on you, that can be a great backup. You know, cell phones can also be forwarded to a landline and that makes it easy. But the idea here is that we're trying to reduce the number of, you know, contacts. And yet it's really typically texting and social media that become the bigger distractions. And it can be really lovely. I find it really lovely on my Sabbath to have long conversations with my friends that are long distance to catch up. It feels luxurious. And yeah, so I mean, I think this can look different for different people, you know, depending on, on someone's mm-hmm. goals, but it's really like, it's really, it's been a day for me of like, what feels luscious, like reading and talking to old friends and going for long dog walks with the family and maybe a bike ride or just, of, you know, just an afternoon of sitting around and playing board games. It's been so sweet. Right. I, I mean, and it's all, as she said in the quote, it's all those best things in life and things that we sort of feel are out of our reach, <laughs> but, but for opportunities like this. And having it built in gives us that permission which sounds like such a strange thing to say, but I think it's really the the reality of of where we are 
evolutionarily <laughs> at this point. I, I think and, you're right. And, and I think it's really important that it's, it's, it's permission within a family. Like if you live by yourself, it's much easier to, to have this, to carve this out. But for in a family or in a couple, it becomes more complicated. And so it does take some permission. Right. And, and even for someone though, that's single and maybe they're connected with people through the texting and social media, it can require sort of in some ways, even communicating this, this is, this is what I do on Sunday or on Saturday or whenever. If, and I think, as you said, everyone's goals are different and also what's possible for people in terms of their, their own work lives. But something like turning off notifications for someone could be a big deal. You know, even if they they didn't use their, if they had to use their cell phone and didn't want to opt for an internet landline, if they turned off their notifications and didn't feel they had that constant pull of reacting and looking, even that is a step. It would be a step. The other thing that can make this easier if there are, you know, family members that would, might need to be contacted in an emergency is just to have those family members on a ringtone, right? Where, where mm, we know exactly. where we know which call to pick up and then to have the discipline to put it away after that. Like this is really a, a process, but you know, it's just like, you know, cutting back on anything that we want to to, you know, change our health behavior on. It it really is a process. And I think that just having grace with ourselves to just consider this even just for an hour or, and then stretching it out and then just see how it evolves. I know Tiffany Schlein uses a little, she posts on, on Twitter or something, you know, she uses hashtags and say it, and she says, you know, I'm, I'm unplugged for 24 hours. And she just lets people know Mm -hmm. that, that that's uh, what she's doing. I have I have had a number of clients who have been very interested in this and have taken a lot of different approaches. But I have to say that that being a nurse really helped me to put this in perspective because un- I, I realized that like unless it's emergency medicine, unless it's a medical emergency, I had to remind myself that there are very few things in life that can't wait. So this has been a process for me. But I have to say, Courtney, that this has changed my life. And I I really feel like this day of Sabbath is a reset. And I come back so much fresher on Monday. But the thing that has been really shocking, and Tiffany Net names this in the book, is just my creativity that flows. Like, I love, you know, having fresh ideas about how to approach a problem or how to help people understand something complicated. And what I have to do beginning Sunday morning when I'm doing this is I have a notebook next to me that's actually a ring binder where I can just take the pages out. And as the ideas flow, I'm just writing them down so that then Monday I can take those ideas back to the office. Uh, Ideas also flow not just for work, but like for decorating the house or for, oh, this is what we want to plant for the garden. Or this is an idea. This is a recipe I want to try. Like it's been stunning to me at. Right. Because you've created 
you've made space for all that to sort of rise up and be heard. <laughs> that inner, you know, all that inner wisdom and all that good stuff, even say like your soul, I mean, I like to use that particular term, can all be heard. And the point you're making too is how it's it's not just about the joy that it brings on that day. And I would say joy that has to be cultivated because if people aren't used to having time to to think and be and connect that can, and and if they're addicted to technology which you know arguably most people are then it can be maybe a little bit even unsettling at first for some not joyful but what you're describing is how then it's not just that day but how it how it impacts your life and and the whole week. It it really does. And I, and I, I do, I do believe that it does help me to get in touch with my inner wisdom. And, and what I realized is I I love to sit on the, at the new year and write resolutions. And And I've been classic at coming up with too many resolutions and not, and you know, and then it falls apart. But what this, this time has done for me is to let me return to those resolutions each Sabbath and be honest, more honest than I've been with myself about how I am holding up to those goals, how I am meeting those goals and what I need to do on that day where I have more time with my beloveds is, is how I want to behave better. I just, I feel like it helps me to reconnect with my higher power, but my higher self, you know, my higher, my best mm-hmm. self, my best self, right. my family, family, and then moving forward into my work. What would a Sabbath look like for you now? Like, just what would that day, how would that day unfold for you? And how do you... How do you start it now? So I am 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 learning from from the Jews that created you know mm-hmm. this that have helped me influence my tradition or that their you know their traditions influencing mine. So I begin with lighting candles and mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. and doing a longer period of prayer, meditation, yoga, and then journaling. And, and then, and then I just shift to doing, you know, what I love to do when it's quiet before my family wakes up and that just reading any book I want to read. And then for Sunday to feel more relaxed that we're making a yummy breakfast before church and then coming back and having a long family walk or board games or a bike ride or a hike. And, and the only tech that we, that we have, that we agree on that that's, that's relaxing is to pick a family movie, Mm -hmm. usually later in the day when it's starting to get dark and something that we can all enjoy. And sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch, but like, you know, this past Sunday, we watched a few good men. And it was, you know, my husband and I love to be able to, you know, reflect on what we're seeing. And so we're talking with our son who's 11 about, my gosh, the challenges of the military, right? And it just felt so freeing because we weren't rushing 
We were just relaxed. We were starting the movie and stopping it periodically to to talk about what was happening and the complexities of quote unquote following orders that these young men were doing. And and so that's our tech on on the tech Sabbath is is to still have mm-hmm. a little bit of of movies. And I I've seen that in, in looking at the the comments in twenty four six of how other people she does include those how other people take the tech Sabbath. It does seem like some television, which is passive. It doesn't have the same dopamine effect on the brain, you know, of, of feeling right. like you have to have more. That that's been our that's been our compromise. And I, I love it. This idea of transitioning into it, I think for me, that's been a beautiful part of the practice is transitioning into it. So we would be doing that on a Friday night, lighting candles, and really going kind of from a potentially hectic work week, just knowing that Shabbat is waiting, you know, sort of there and it's coming. And then there's the lighting of the candles. And as you commented, having some preparation certainly helps without it being stressful preparation. But lighting the candles kind of can just shift that even internal physiology to like a grounding state. And again, not that for anyone that it has to be religious, but if there's something that they can tell themselves, I'm putting myself in a different, a different mindset and a different way of being a different presence. In Judaism, it's also marked by the setting of the sun. So that's, that also kind of helps reinforce that idea, but it can be however anyone would want it to be. And then it would end the next, you know, the next evening as the sun is setting. So that would be Saturday night. Yeah, I'm so glad I, that you mentioned that, Courtney, because, you know, for those that don't consider themselves spiritual or religious, just having an affirmation for the day or mm-hmm. for the morning or for that hour can be so powerful. And and, you know, those of us that have studied limbic system retraining and the dynamic right. neural retraining system, right, we know that affirmations are a critical part of calming the limbic system of the brain. When you ne- when you named that, you know, that it begins at the setting sun, I just want to, before we finish, just name that that is exactly what this global day of unplugging has suggested is that this coming Friday the 3rd of March to sunset, sundown on the 3rd of March, Friday to sundown on Saturday, the 4th is now, it went from a, you know, a national day of unplugging that started in 2009 with a group of Jews realizing, oh my gosh, we're having Shabbat dinner together, but people have their phones out and like, we're not mm-hmm. connecting with each other. And so really the intent is to connect to connect with those that we care about and and then to be able to choose that human connection over digital engagement. And so, you know, whether it's an hour unplugged or 24 hours unplugged, this is an amazing weekend to just try it, knowing that we are being held all over the globe by other people also trying this. That interconnectedness really gets gets reinforced. On their website, I think it's unpluggedcollaborative.org, 
they have lots of ideas for how people can spend the day. And mm-hmm. uh, I was, I, I am putting together some ideas for us. And, and one of the things that they suggested was for children to use wiki sticks, W-I-K-I. And so we got some of those and my son, I had them out the other day and he immediately opened them up and he's just started, he started making glasses for himself and, all kinds of cute little things, but they're basically just these little flexible colored little rods. You know, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't think about them years ago. It's like pipe cleaners, right? But these are smoother and they're brightly colored. And, and it really just, you know, what she, what they're, what they're suggesting is just that we have ways to spend time that help us to let our creativity flow, whether that's, painting rocks or baking something with someone fun or, you know, hosting a book study at at home or just having a meal unplugged with someone that you like. So it's connection, creativity, mindfulness. I would say all the right brain aspects of our being (laughs) where we live in the kind of left brain most of the week. One of the things that I've been thinking about anticipating our conversation was even the dignity of taking a day off. (laughs) If we can do that, if we can do that from we don't lose our job or we don't, sometimes we're caring for someone and that can be work, caring for someone within our family, even though it can also be connection. But if we can see the day or the part of the day as a way of kind of reclaiming our personal authority, and to me that sort of speaks to there being a dignity about it, that we're not being pulled around by external expectations and, and technology. Because that is is part of the chronic stress. Yeah, I'm so glad that you named this. And, And one of the things that Tiffany suggests is that just as we are claiming it for ourselves, we have to offer it to others. And so that means that I'm not... I'm not emailing or calling or texting other people expecting work of them. Right. I'm not giving anybody a deadline to meet so that they can take their Sabbath and I'm not contributing to that. And also that we're really selective about where we go and what we buy on the Sabbath. Like we're not going online to buy, but do we really need to go to the store? You know, (laughs) I mean, sure. At the grocery store, there are hundreds of other people in there, but I don't have to go also. I can, if somebody has to work on that day, then it can be an easier day for them. Right. And it's not, it's not to, it's not that doing those things are, are bad. It's just, they're all the things that are keeping us from the things that we talked about, connection and listening inwardly, doing something creative, experiencing the day and the moment. Again, I, I really do think of it like a like a a meditation or a, what some people get from taking a walk or exercising 
when they're just taking time out of their life each day, but to do really do that for the week. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I, I'm, I am going to go back just briefly to mm-hmm. the religious roots of this, because this is the fourth commandment in the Hebrew scriptures. And, and it was pointed out to me that this commandment is above many other commandments. Like it's, <laughs> more important. it's prioritized in the numbering. And I was like, oh dear, like no one ever pointed that out to me that it's considered so high a priority because of that need to have you know, a reset to be a better human being and and to develop over our lifetime the dignity of of saying, I need rest and others need rest. And I do think, you know, you, you mentioned sort of what can be modeling, like by not, by re- respecting other people's times, for example, on, on the weekend, but this idea of those around us and how certainly children can be influenced and be paying attention to the choices that we're making in our lives. But I, even if there's resistance and certainly there can be technology addiction that's talked about often, I would say most children and teens, they're hungry for these opportunities one of my high school friends, she is a teacher at a, at a middle and high school in Pittsburgh, and they developed a cell phone policy where all the phones are checked in at the beginning of the school day. And one mm-hmm. of the seniors wrote her college application essay on how liberating it felt to begin to be unplugged during the school day. And so I think, you know, rolling with resistance a little bit and helping provide choices, right? You alluded to this in the beginning. Even within a couple, one person might want to pursue this and the other one maybe not. And I was just thinking, and it can be not unlike in a household, one person might want to be simplifying and being more minimalistic and the other person, maybe not so much. And I think if people are start with themselves, some families and couples, everyone will easily be on board, but others not. And I don't think it has to be a deterrent. I agree with you. I, I think that honestly, we should in families or in couples, we should expect there to be Differences. And one of the things that I realized was that I just had to, my husband was not ready to do this when I was. And I, I realized that I just had to start it alone. And that the more he saw, like how much joy it gave me, the more, you know, he realized that he wanted that too. He just didn't want it designated. He wanted choices. And so what, <laughs> right. you know, what, what I think, you know, I mean, this we know this with teens is like we we need to give them choices. So, so and with you know, I have a tween at eleven, and and so the more that there are choices, okay, we're gonna have a board game today. What board game do you want to play? We're gonna bake something sweet that's not too complicated. We're gonna make a sweet and simple recipe. What do you want to make? We're gonna go for a family right. walk nice. or a hike. Where do you want to go? So offering choices seems to help. Right. And and having those 
things to look forward to. So it's not a vast open space, which for some people could be daunting. But if there's some things that are thought about in advance, I think that can be helpful, especially for children and teens. Right. And I have to come back to that old phrase, you know, that boredom is the mother of invention, right? And so it can be be able to say to kids, okay, it's a pretty day outside, just go play. And, And when they're bored is when they can find something in nature to do or, right? Dig up something. I I completely agree. (laughs) And and so it's that balance of you don't want to over plan. But for people at this point that have internet addictions and phone addictions, I think having some specifics in place can help them have a place to put put their mind and then hopefully that can grow into not having to have things so planned. Exactly. You know, having ideas of what can be done during that time and also like being, you know, generous with like a craft budget, right? Like saying, okay, I'm, let's, let's plan right. for this together. What can we have in the house that you can do? What kind of projects should we start working on providing choices and ideas of things that can be done so it doesn't feel as daunting, but also being okay with some discomfort. Yes. And that it, it will, Absolutely. like, like all routines with kids, right? They need time to adjust. And then once they know the routine, it's easier mm-hmm. to accept. Marianne, did you want to comment further on the Global Unplugging Day? I think that visiting the website for some ideas can be great. But just to, to okay. know that it is really such a personal choice. And it's just the beginning to be able to sample it and to know that we are held around the world by other people sampling this. So whether mm-hmm. it's an hour or it's the whole 24 hours, it can be a beautiful thing. And and so folks can visit the website. They can also put in an event and it could be as simple as, okay, there's no events like in Kentucky where you live, Courtney. So just you know, you and your family having dinner together unplugged could be an event, right? But just (laughs) acknowledging, okay, we're committing to this time, we're putting it in as an event, and we're excited to join others around the world who are trying this. Because the the effects on our mental health of not being pulled in, both Mm -hmm. by what's wired into the devices from engineers, but also what comes out of the device in the right. way of wireless right. radiation. We know the the incredible meta-analysis by by Dr. Martin Paul that that wireless radiation mm-hmm. can create many neuropsychiatric effects, including anxiety and depression. And we know that it also suppresses melatonin production. I was just going to add to that and and addiction, the way F is also fueling technology addiction. We hear about dopamine, but we don't often hear about the role of fun addictive tendencies. So I just wanted to add that piece because that's further fuel to the... It, it, it really is. So So this is really an opportunity for better physical and mental health. 
And as many people know, when they're right. when they're having that tech Sabbath and they don't have the phone next to their bed, that they sleep better. And that right. that's a combination of not having the stimulation, but also not having the wireless radiation that suppresses melatonin. And we should plan another one down the road, literally on just the strategies that everyone could be taking from an EMF standpoint. Yeah, I would love that, Courtney, particularly around sleep, right? Even just starting with yes, sleep. Right. So even right. with a tech Sabbath, if if folks feel uncomfortable unplugging during the day, even beginning with just turning things off at night and having one night of sleep without that can be can be a nice little sampler. Mm-hmm. Right. And fitting very much with the idea of restoration and refreshing one's self by getting that good night's sleep, which is also what the tech Sabbath intention is to restore and, and refresh from a very physiologic standpoint on top of the benefits that we've talked about from those right brain kind of perspectives. Mary, and I think this conversation certainly will be helpful to people. And I'll tell you personally, it's very helpful to me and really prompting me to reboot my own practice. So I'm extremely grateful, even thinking about <laughs> resuming my practice after these last few months, which I, I would have quickly said, oh, I'm too busy. And thinking about our conversation in advance and then talking with you has helped me reshift that thinking. And I'm grateful to you, Courtney, for your your deep commitment to helping people understand so broadly in such a holistic manner all the things that can contribute to health and well-being, including our mental health. So I'm grateful for this time, and I hope you have a lovely Shabbat this coming weekend, Courtney. To Marianne. And again, I hope we talk more about EMF in the future. That would be great. I'd love it. I do hope this episode provided some inspiration as well as practical information that can help you still your own mind and welcome the universe at your own feet. I will be putting resources in the episode description, including Marianne's information, as well as the book by Tiffany Schlain, 24-6, and links for the Global Day of Unplugging. In the next episode, I will be having a conversation with a woman who reached out to participate in this podcast, and we're going to have a conversation about connecting the dots. She has struggled with chronic complex illness and has identified a number of root causes, including mast cell activation, trauma, particular genetic variants and is unsure how these relate to one another and how to move forward. I'll be sharing my thoughts in much the same way I would in a consultation. However, just as with this podcast and my consultation, I'm not providing treatment as much as education. I look forward to connecting with you in that or a future episode. Until then, take care.